This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Lord God, as we gather here today for worship, help us to understand you're giving us permission right now to put aside all the distractions and just listen to you. And so, Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you hear about the man who decided to become a monk? He went to the monastery, and as he was there, he he went ahead and and did a vow of silence. And so for the rest of his life, the man was going to be able to say just two words each year, right? So after that first year, he's been completely silent. He hasn't said anything at all. He goes to the abbot, the the chief monk, if you will, the, the abbot of the monastery, and he says to the abbot two words. Hard, bad, right? And then the second year, he is completely silent. No matter what happens, no matter if anybody talks to him or anything, he's just silent. He has this vow of silence. The second year is up and he goes to the abbot and he says his two words, cold food. Year three, again, completely silent the whole time. And he goes to the ab at the end of year three and he says his two words. He says, I quit. (laughs) To which the abbot responds, I'm not surprised because you've only complained ever since you got here. Today we're continuing, as Pastor Ben said, our our series Detox, a study of the New Testament book of James, where we're just being honest and we've got these, what we're saying is we got these toxins in us, we've got these poisons in us that, that mess us up and mess others up too, and we're asking Jesus to help us detox, okay? Today we're gonna be be looking at our mouths and our words and and things like that. So maybe I'm sure you've all heard this, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, actually, James has a whole lot to say about that. And so today, as we look at the first part of James chapter three, we're gonna answer the question, how powerful are our tongues? So let's jump in right away. James chapter three, verse three, it says this, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. A bit in the the horse of a mouth, it's it's actually very small. A bit is a, a little bit. It's not very big at all, but it can actually change the direction of a thousand pound thoroughbred, right? If you're riding the horse and the the bit is connected to the reins and you want the horse to go the right, all you have to do is gently pull on that rein that moves that little bit, just a little bit, 
and that horse will go to the right. And if you want to go to the left, you just do the exact up, just a little tug, a, a little pull to the left, and that horse will go to the left. It's just a little bit, but it changes the direction of a horse. Just uh, a heads up for you, if you're ever riding a horse, don't drop the reins. <laughs> I, I did that once, and the horse stepped on the rein, which pulled on the bit, and the horse raised up, uh, screaming, I think, bad horse words, right? And there I was, like, at 90-degree angle, trying to hold on with the one rein on the left hand and the saddle on the other. But the, the point is, is our tongue is just a little bit. The, the average tongue in the adult human being is just over three inches in length, but it controls the direction of our lives. James says a, a little bit more about this in, in the next verse, chapter three, verse four. He says, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Modern cruise ships are not, not uncommon at all for them to be about 1,000 feet long and, and 200 feet wide, and yet they're controlled by this little rudder, a rudder about 20 feet in length. You know, the ship's direction isn't controlled by these massive big engines they have, but by that little rudder that if you've ever been on one of those cruise ships really isn't a whole lot bigger than the bed that you sleep in in your cabin. Our tongues are the steering wheels of our lives. They give direction. So how powerful are our tongues? Our tongues give direction to our lives. Just think about that. Our tongues give direction to our lives. And James goes on, he's got, there's more to it than just that as well. He says in, in verse five, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. You, you've heard the reports and, and they are, Numerous. Here's just one example. You can fact check it if you want. About 15 years ago was the, the buckweed fire in rural Los Angeles County, California. What was happening was a 10-year-old was playing with matches. And, and you know what happened, right? Playing with matches. A spark from one of those matches started a fire. 15,000 people had to evacuate. 21 homes were destroyed, 22 other buildings, and 38,000 acres were scorched just because of that one spark from that one match from that one 10-year-old. And James goes on and says, the tongue also is a fire a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire 
by hell itself. I think you've probably all experienced a firestorm on social media. Someone has, has maybe said something, it may be benign enough, maybe really super innocent at all, may have even just been a question, but then the firestorm came, right? Someone interpreted it wrong or just had to share something and it went crazy, comment after comment, this really long thread, destroying not buildings and houses, but people and their reputations. Have you ever been guilty of verbal arson? Maybe it's on social media. Maybe it was on the phone. Maybe it was by the the copy machine at work or the cafeteria at high school. Maybe it was at the locker room of the gym or maybe just talking with a neighbor. Misused words are a raging fire. Think about it now. If misused words are a raging fire, how do you talk to or about people you disagree with politically or religiously. The first step in communication is actually to listen. To to listen, not to to bide our time until we can jump in and, and throw in this dump load of superior wisdom and ideology, our opinion onto it. But the first step in communication is to listen, to understand, to listen, to learn, to listen, to love. This is what James says to you and me. He said, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to to become angry. Maybe just think of it this way. God gave us two ears and one mouth used proportionately. I don't think my mom had James chapter three, these first verses. I don't think she had them memorized. At least I never heard her recite them, but, but she had a really good paraphrase that she used to share with me. And you know what? I, I bet your mom did the same thing. Okay, And so I'm going to share the first part of what my mom would say to me, and I'm going to let you fill in the last part. Okay, I bet you can do it. My mom used to say to me, if you don't have anything nice to say, if only I had listened. If only you had listened. Only we had listened. Social media would be so much different. The workplace would be so much different. Our schools would be so much different. Our homes would be so much different. 
our churches would be so much different. Our tongue is a deadly weapon. It's destroyed countless friendships, marriages, and relationships. If only we had listened to our moms. Can you picture those times when, when you heard your mom speaking to you, don't say anything, you know, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all, and you're, you're listening to this conversation, and, and, and you're, you're holding your tongue, and you know you should, and, and you're going to, and, and then you just can't any longer, you know, you, you, you've got to let it go, and you know you shouldn't, but you do, and you say something, and the damage is done, maybe even hurting one that you love the most. James says this, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is Worthless. Our tongue is powerful. Showing the animosity and, and hatred that's, that's actually in our hearts by, by backbiting, by cursing, by gossiping, by lying, by mocking, by swearing, by threatening. This is what Jesus said. He said, but I tell you that Anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in the danger of the fire of hell. What Jesus is telling us is that our words display out for everybody to see what's really in our hearts, our words reveal what our hearts feel. Jesus says this too, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. How powerful are our tongues? Our tongues display the very depths of our hearts. Do you know anyone who has an angry, bitter, filthy, sassy tongue? Do you know anyone who should have their mouth washed out with soap? Did you ever get your mouth washed out with soap? Me either, I was just asking. Okay, maybe once. Okay, twice, all right? And, and maybe it happened more, but I can only remember twice, really, you know? Twice. Once was with the, the, the Dove bar, you know, of soap, that, the moisturizing cream. I really couldn't taste that. And the other time was with one of those pump bottles that got a whole lot of soap in there. But that really didn't work, did it? Because our, our mouth really isn't, the problem, the problem 
is our heart. So what's the solution? In John chapter one, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is our sure hope. Jesus never misused his tongue. He's always said the right thing in the right way at the right time. He spoke full of grace and truth. And the gospel messages, the good news messages is all that goodness that he spoke all of that righteousness, all of that love that he spoke, it gets credited to our account. See, we, we need Jesus, his words, and his actions. See, Jesus used his mouth when he was being crucified. And he said, Full of grace and truth, it is finished. He didn't say, I got you off to a really good start. You guys wrap it up. He didn't say, I almost did it. He didn't say, you know, it's been a great day. I'm almost done. He said, it is finished. Those words in the original language, what they really mean is paid for in full. In other words, all the sins of the whole world are paid for in full. The work of salvation is complete. All of our sins of the past, and, and some of us have a pretty amazing past. And not just the sins of the past, but the sins of today and even, even the sins of the future, including the times we've used our mouth to stampede over people, to shipwreck people, even when our Mouths, our words caused a raging fire. All our sins are paid for in full, including our verbal murder and verbal arson. So right now what I'd ask you to do is just close your eyes for a minute and picture yourself beneath the cross of Jesus. Okay, you're standing there, and because he's on a cross, he's up higher than you are. And as you look up, your, your, your head there about at his feet leveled, which are nailed into the wood of the cross. And from there, you can see his arms outstretched, also nailed to the cross. And as you look up at him, he is looking down at you. His head is bowed down from the force of the gravity in that crucifixion, and he is looking at you, and you're looking at him, and you make eye contact. 
And he says, full of grace and truth, it is finished. You're forgiven. You're forgiven not because you made restitution. You didn't. You're forgiven not because you earned or deserved it. You didn't, just like neither did I. You're forgiven by grace. It is finished. And as you look up at Jesus and you see that love just literally pouring out for you, to the degree that you see that love, you say, along with King David in Psalm 51, God, create in me a clean heart, oh God. You say, God, you've got to do it. You've got to create in me. I, I Create in me. I, God, I, I want you to create in me a clean heart so that my mouth speaks like yours, so that my words are holy, so that my words are clean, so that my words are loving. And Jesus says, it is finished. And now as you open up your eyes, and you look around to the world, how powerful are our tongues. Our tongues can share the good news of Jesus with other people. He can turn our mumbling into a message our stumbling into salvation, our rambling into redemption. Proverbs 18 says this, check this out. Our words hold the power of life and death. That's amazing. Your words hold the power of life and death. It's quite a responsibility. And I imagine that, that maybe some of us here are like Moses. <laughs> you know, and what? I can't talk. I, I'm not that good with my words. You know, God, send someone else. If that's you, trust me, I get that. What maybe you don't know is that for the first five years of ministry, Whenever I was up, every Sunday that I was up for the first five years, except for one, don't want to gross you out here, I threw up. I was so nervous and so scared. I threw up every time except for one. The only time I, I didn't throw up was because Jackie and I, we'd spent Friday, we woke up seven o'clock, whatever, and we go to bed around 11 and um, Friday night and Jackie's water breaks. And, and so we, we go to the hospital and we're in 25 hours of labor, okay, mostly her, 25 hours of labor. I'm so in trouble for that. And um, um, so the baby, Andrew's born like at, at one o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning, okay? And it's not like I could just leave, okay, you know? And so I'm there for a while yet, right? 
I get home around three or four, whatever it was, and I've got to be on at eight o'clock in the morning after pretty much not sleeping for two days straight. I was just too tired to throw up. But don't worry, I picked it up again the next week. So I get it, okay? I get it. But I want you to know that as God was there for Moses and as God was there for me, he's, he's there for us. And I'm willing to bet you won't even have to throw up. But you can share the good news of Jesus with so many. Now, today, so many people are concerned uh, about the climate, climate change and, and the lack of forests and clean waters. You can share with them the God who created the whole world and does want us to steward it and to take care of it. You can share with so many people who are maybe, maybe like you who've been bruised and, and shattered by the storms of life. You can share the truth that Jesus goes with us in the storms. He doesn't leave us alone. You can share with others. Maybe your neighbors are so confused that how did the world get here so quickly? Things just changed overnight. And you can go, yeah, I know. I, I understand. I hear you. I'm tracking with you. But I want you to know that Jesus is redeeming and restoring it right now. And the best is yet to come. How powerful are our tongues? Our tongues can change the direction of people's lives. Our tongues can display not only our love, but God's love to someone. Every person that you're going to talk to or about is someone of whom Jesus said, it is finished. Our tongues can change the direction of people's lives. Our tongues can display the love of God for that person. And how can we do that? Because God and his word has changed the direction of our lives. Because God and his love, his words have displayed his love for us. Because Jesus has the words of eternal life. So who is it? Who can you share Jesus with this week? Who's your one that you can share the love of God with? Let's pray. Lord God, sometimes we don't know what to say. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes as we, we come to you in prayer, we're just stuck. Don't know what to pray, but 
in those times we learn in your word that the Holy Spirit actually is taking over and praying for us. Lord God, your word is full of grace and truth. It is full of love and mercy. Help us to listen to your word. Lord God, have your word permeate in our hearts so that what comes out is not a reflection of our sinful nature, but a reflection of you. And when we mess up with our mouths, help us to go back and listen to you and hear you say, it is finished. And see you change the direction of our lives all over again and see your love all over again. Lord, as we move out into our communities, we ask that you would empower us with that Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that you would empower us with that same Holy Spirit and that same power to share your word, to have you change the direction of other people's lives as they see your great and unconditional love for them. Pray this in your name, Jesus, the word of life. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.